Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Sidekick Josh is there, who's resplendent Soho style mansion. And not a mansion, week, but thank you. Boyd. Well, house mansion slash. <laughs> and ironically, um, normally it's just me, Josh, and one other guest, but um, that's usually enough to have one outfield player in our squad. But this week, we've got more outfield players than we actually need. We've got two excellent outfield players, two guests in the shape of Ricky Lawrence. Hi, Ricky. Hello, Boyd. Hello, Josh. I won't give away the name of the last guest. Don't want to ruin your introduction. And Dan Roebuck, voice of not only football, Arsenal, sport in general, and all-round great man. <laughs> I wondered where that was going. Thanks, boy. Can I just can I just say thanks yes. for having me on? Um, in after well after a game that hasn't taken place, obviously. But yeah. usually, usually you have me on after a defeat, and it's always difficult. Yeah. So this is the yeah. first time I've been on post non-defeat for a good few years. So thanks for that. Wow, a few years, really? Wow, I think so. I'm always just called upon after some, you know, disastrous. Yeah, you may be right. Sort of you may be right. Jack, well, Jack, that, that... Jack, Jack, a red card. Oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Dan is a voice of, of reason and hope, and uh, <laughs> not allowing us to all get to yeah. doom and gloom. So, um... yes, yeah, slash keeping my job. Correct. <laughs> What's that, that make Ricky then? What's Ricky the voice of? Ricky is. Is also a voice of reason, largely. Oh, okay. I, I would yeah. say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> in fact, didn't we? About... Didn't we get told we were too? We weren't uh, like what there was when everyone was talking about the agenda against Arsenal. We got some Twitter yeah. abuse yeah. almost saying that I we did. should. Be... I did. Yeah, it was more me that got. When I, I was talking about how I, online, online fan base. Yes. Not IRL, not in real life, but some of our online fan base are can be. I'm trying to find the right word. Um, 
illogical. I'll get, uh, you know, I, I probably put it stronger than that in the past. I, I'll, I'll just say illogical right now. You know, I was talking about the conspiracy theorists who think that, you know, everyone's against us, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, this is all very topical, of course. I, think, I, I was going to say about Ricky's, Ricky's, uh, Ricky's on Twitter, like, like, we, like I think we all are. Dan, no, you, you're kind of a vaguely. No, I stay no, Stick clear. Ricky makes brilliantly timed little interventions on Twitter. Like he'll just come in to a, you know, an Arsenal conversation, often with Alan Alga, you know, and just kind of like st- kick up, kick up the hornet's nest um, with a valid point. I think. Why not to make it that one? No, okay. it's, it's a complicated. I'll take it. I'll take it. Sure, thanks. Yeah. Here's my opening question. My my opening provocative question on this this of all days. How would we have felt? Both, you know, privately and publicly in our pronouncements, you know, on social media and on podcasts. If in our home game in the league against Tottenham, they, having just sent two players out on loan, got a player sent off a couple of days previously, had one player diagnosed with COVID and some slight knocks that we that they got from the game they played previously how would we all feel if tottenham had applied in those situation in that situation to have our game called off against them with 24 hours notice i come to you first ricky okay um so a friend a friend who i watched the uh, liverpool game sort of Arsenal game in the, in the league cup with made the point to me, he said, wasn't there a bit of you that sort of wouldn't necessarily have wanted to have played Liverpool's reserves? Isn't there a bit of you that, you know, mm. would rather have, I'm not saying, you know, wait till they're, you know, they got Salah Romani, because that is unfortunately a different ball game. But do you necessarily want to play against Liverpool completely, you know, their, not even their second string team, potentially less? And it did make me think, yeah, do you know what? I can see, I can see mm. that, you know, I, I that if, if, for example, you go on to play, it's getting the final and you win it, you know, it's not like it's got an asterisk next to it. You're not going to remember it saying 10 years time off, but we only played Liverpool reserves in the semi-final. But yeah, there's a, there's a part of me that did, did agree. or well, I did agree in fact. And full disclaimer, completely honest, I found it difficult to muster up much. I didn't, I couldn't muster up any anger other than I wanted to go to the game when we played them when it got cancelled. I didn't. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't really find myself to get that angry that they had these false positives and all this nonsense. I just, I just couldn't find it in me. And likewise, I wasn't really that fussed that, that we got the game postponed. I wasn't particularly happy about it from both a, you know, I don't think it should have been called off. I, I also wasn't didn't find it particularly hilarious or particularly. I wasn't angry or whatever. I was. I was looking forward. I was going to the game. I was looking forward to that. So I would have preferred it was on. But I wasn't. I wasn't angry. I wasn't. You know. I was just okay. You know, that's what happens these days. By the looks of things, you know, there's another game about to be called off mm. again tomorrow night. Uh, Burnley Watford. So, would, to answer your question succinctly, would I have been happy? No, I probably wouldn't have done if I was a Spurs fan. But you know, it's just another one of those things with football at the moment. Sorry, very, very uh, if, no, if I may say very sensible. I think the point I, I really I've, I've been thinking about the point you made about the would Liverpool fans wanted to play our depleted depleted team. I think that's a very really good point because I kept thinking as I was reading through. I, I know quite a few Spurs fans. You know, one of my best friends is a Spurs fan. I know, unfortunately, lots of Spurs fans <laughs> on Twitter. And so I was reading through their outrage and their you know the official, of course, Tottenham um, statement that was outraged, out full of outrage, and apparently they're all fuming about the whole thing. Um, and of course, they're taking the moral high ground. You know, it's it's they're saying you know unlike 
a lot of, a lot of pundits like Gary Neville, I think, and Jamie Carragher, when asked about it, kept saying, this isn't about Arsenal. This is about the, the, the Premier League's rules, right? Which is, I think we can all agree with. But Tottenham, some quite a few Tottenham fans, and basically that Tottenham statement kind of were going, it is Arsenal who are, who are you know, finding a loophole, who are playing the playing a game with the rules, et cetera, et cetera. And my answer is that, and I did keep thinking, wait a minute, so what you're saying is on your Moharai ground, you'd rather have played a severely depleted Arsenal and, you know, at this moment, for all kinds of reasons, for various reasons, than play out, you know, any semblance of our proper first team. So I feel like the moral point is particularly undermined by 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 that point. Dan, what do you think about this well, whole thing? And, yeah. I, well, I mean, there's a number of points, isn't there? I mean, first of all, I don't think any game should get called off. I just don't think any game should get called off for this. You've got a squad, you've got reserve players, you've got under 23 players. I don't think any game should get called off. But once that precedent has been set, then clubs can, I don't want to call it gaming the system, but you just play as everyone else is playing. And that's what Arsenal did. You know, every single side is, or not every single side, but a a majority uh, have had games called off because of this situation. Right at the start of the season, of course, Arsenal versus Brentford or Brentford Arsenal. Arsenal didn't get the game called off. It wasn't a thing then, wasn't it? Was it? You, you you couldn't go to the authorities and say, actually, we've just had all these cases today, and you know we're we're giving following Balogun a, a first start in the Premier League. And you know when you look back at that. Although, sorry to interrupt, but just on that very point, I I was reading the Athletic article today, which I didn't know this, but they said that we actually did ask for that game to be called off on Ah, the day. I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently. Well, I didn't know that. And it was turned down, I think, but it was on the day. I I mean, yeah. I mean, this is this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, when you go back to that, and if if Arsenal did request that, and 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 they didn't get the game called off, and then subsequently lots of games have been called off, so therefore Arsenal are just asking the question, and the Premier League are saying yes. So it's not an Arsenal thing; it's a Premier League thing. I guess the Spurs angle is the fact that their Europa Conference League game was. Uh, didn't take place, they ran out of time, and they forfeited their opportunity to go through to the knockout stages of that competition. But that's a different uh, competition. That's a UEFA ruling rather than a Premier League ruling. So, you know, I wouldn't have any game. If you notice, the FA Cup third round, there was not one game called off because the FA, I think, said, you you play under 16s, you play whoever. You play the tea lady, whoever you can get to play that 11, you play. And not one third round FA Cup game was called off. I think you should play them all. But once you start saying you can, you know, get games called off, of course it's going to happen, isn't it? So that's my take. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, it's interesting, isn't it, that, um, I mean, on the one hand, I feel like this has brought Arsenal fans, I'm not the first to say this, but it really has, I mean, that online fan community I'm talking about, who often spend most of their time arguing with each other about Arsenal fan TV or with Arteta in, Arteta out, you know, um, uh, Xhaka, Xhaka's a genius, Xhaka's terrible, all of the usual fury that um, is basically Arsenal fans arguing with each other. This is all absolutely all now been funneled purely, all of that kind of um, energy has been funneled purely into defending ourselves and defending the club against kind of everyone else attacking us, which is nice. But equally, I feel like there's a reason why, if I may say, I'm trying to be the voice of, I'm trying to be, 
neutral obviously you know i'm a huge i'm trying to think about what this is like i've been listening to like the guardian podcast today for example which is the general football podcast and they all think it's funny you know it's funny isn't it and they use and, and the phrase is the last straw the cliche is the last straw the different because people are going what's the difference between the burnley game being called off or an everton game being called off or whatever well the difference really is that it was a massive game Arsenal Spurs are two massive teams. They're both vying for top four. This is a particularly exciting moment, actually, for them to be playing each other. And th- and it was going to be on Sky TV, the big showcase game, 4.30 kickoff. These are, this is why we, we everyone's focusing on it more. And if they didn't focus on it, it would be almost weird, wouldn't it? So there's a lot of points I'm making there in one go. But basically, how do you feel about it as well? That is a lot of points to try and come back <laughs> on in, in one concise answer. Yeah, I concise. think... There was something really, you know, interesting about the unity of the fan base. I completely agree. I don't know if you saw, but there was a, a video going around on Twitter, which was showing Ian Wright in what could have been a, the latest 92, 93 period, talking about how we're the Arsenal and no one likes us and that what brings us closer together. And I was like, wow, people are digging up videos that are like, not far off 30 years old to try and get this Arsenal spirit. Uh, next thing I thought is we're going to see like the fight from Old Trafford of, of Arsenal, <laughs> Man United, and not even 2004. I'm talking about the one where like David Seaman was the only player not to get involved and it was like a 21 man brawl. I mean, it, it is people. Points deduction to, that day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. People trying to evoke that, that spirit of like nobody likes us. I definitely think there was a bigger reaction to this postponement than than any other. Um, and, a, and a few factors play into that because we are in the January transfer window, so you would immediately look at the loan transfers that have gone out, which you couldn't do in games that got postponed in December. But what I've been told, you know, you only have to look at games that got called off in December. I mean, I was told on, on pretty good authority that like a Manchester United game got called off, not because of the number of COVID cases in the squad, but because at the time there were too many unvaccinated players in the Man United squad who had close contacts who had had positive cases. So here we are, we've got a club Manchester United bringing it upon themselves, arguably. Not that I should, I'm saying anyone should have to be vaccinated or shouldn't be vaccinated, but in a situation where because they, they be had vaccinated. unvaccinated players, the game didn't go ahead. And, yeah. and, and you know, and that's kind of okay because that's the rules at the time and, and we all move on. And yet here are Arsenal becoming, what is this, about the 15th, 20th game that's been called off in, in this period. There's nothing that new. I'm totally with Dan that I don't think the rules are right. We hmm. shouldn't be able to call off his games. But to hell if we're going to suddenly stand up as a virtue of, you know, going against it. Like a, winning a Premier League game is massive. The difference, like realistically, if we come forth or don't come forth, entirely plausible there's three points in it. And if we've got an opportunity to to get out of a game, and then we should do it. And it was always also put to me by someone that when the Premier League did this policy on on COVID and and what should or or should not happen, is very simply they didn't expect the clubs to cheat, right? Didn't expect it, right? And, And they dug themselves a hole. They've got this policy. It's not fit for purpose. They know it's not fit for purpose. They regret the policy, that the way it's written. But what can they do? They wrote it. It was verified. Yeah. All the clubs oh. knew what the rule is. No one and objected to it. And they've got to let it go now till the end of the season. All, all, all the and I don't know what's going to happen yeah. if on the last day of the season, Burnley, you know, say, we need to wait our players. And then a week later, Newcastle, who they play in the final game, go, well, shame, we've got a couple of... Ca- like, where does this end? I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. But 
We are I mean, where we right. are. And, yeah. It's particularly, it's, it's a very good point about the Premier League rule. The Premier League voted these rules in, including Tottenham, who were then surprised, you know, when the rules were applied correctly. And but what they could have done to, was... Yeah, go I want to come in on Tottenham. Yeah. Why are they mentioning the Europa Conference thing? Give oh. a shit. It's a different tournament, different right. rules, different competition, and stop embarrassing yourselves, you know, reminding us I mean, if anything, that you're in it. And if you want to start talking about other competitions, <laughs> start mentioning that you've got a buy ahead of Leighton Orient, you know, yeah. in a cup yeah. competition during during this pandemic yeah. period. So about the Tottenham, about the, about the Europa Conference League thing, I actually thought it was amazing that they're banging on about that because they left. They called that off so late, if you remember. I think the day before that Ren had already arrived, their fans had already arrived. So for Ren fans, I mean, Tottenham fans were pontificating about it was, it was called 24 hours off and, you know, all the people coming from around the country, around the world to come and see this game. Well, you literally left Ren fans, you know, in the lurch and they're furious. They were, I remember at the time they were banging on about how furious they were with it. And that's, I mean, there's, there's holes in every argument, isn't yeah. there? The holes in yeah. every, whichever way you want to turn, whichever way you want to massage this to suit your club your opinion, you can have something and say, look at this. This is why it should be what I think. And that's the big problem, isn't it? Wasn't it Was it Middlesbrough who had three points deducted because they didn't turn up for a game yeah. years ago yeah. and ultimately went down because yeah. of it? I think Brian yeah, Wilson the might year, be the manager of the The year time. they got to the cup finals, 97. Yeah. 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 It is amazing, isn't it? You're right. You're absolutely right, Dan. But it is incredible, isn't it? And I, and I, think, I think the real turn... That this this rule the rules have taken the Premier League rules about postponing games has taken, is that I think we all kind of assumed without checking that it was all about how many COVID cases you've got in your squad, but it's not. And they made it. And interestingly, in the in the Premier League statement that they that they uh, made on Saturday when they finally, by the way, I mean how fucking long did they take to make the decision as well? When they finally took the decision after the game that was on TV, and they made it clear in the last sentence of the statement that if you have one case of COVID, that is enough to apply to have your game postponed. And I don't think I don't think that was I don't th- I, I didn't know that until you know recent times. And then so then, but the fact that we only have one, I think that's what's what's meant led to the pile on to a large extent because now everyone knows we only had one case martin you know um sorry odegaard wasn't it um of covid in the squad and the rest were all those different reasons i cited at the beginning so you know again like from everyone else's point of view and i don't give a shit because we stuck to the rules we played by the rules but from everyone else's point of view i think the reason why it feels like the last straw is because everyone knows every single person knows that we only have one game of covid and got this game called off ricky (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed, I think, of all the episodes I've ever listened, I can't remember one. I think that's, this is the most angry I've seen Josh. And we didn't even play. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Pa- a passionate, passionate, uh, pa- passionate rage. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with Dan. They should have just said, no games are called off. You can play your 17-year-old winger who could go on to be the best thing since sliced bread, or he may be awful, but play everyone in your club until you... You know, just gonna, if you lose 5-0, you'll win 5-0 the next week because the other team will have a COVID outbreak. They should have just gone that route. They haven't. And I agree. Yeah, it could, it could well be, like Josh said, last week of the season or Burnley would have played like that point. Burnley would probably be still have seven games in hand. Well, Tottenham have got four, haven't they? Tottenham have got four games in hand. Yeah, I actually looked on the website, on the Premier League website today. If you click on fixtures, there's a list as long as you're armed of all the games that haven't been rescheduled yet. And we... 
we're in this really weird position, which I think is terrible, by the way. I, I, let me, I, I would much rather we played that game on Sunday, by the way, for all kinds of reasons. I like I mean, that you imagine. But one of which is we're in this so weird position, we're now going to have two and a half weeks off without a fucking game at all. Unless they reschedule the Spurs game in that time. The, the winter break as such, and I think it's the 29th of January, has been earmarked as a game where teams could play catch-up if they oh, need. Oh, okay. So we'll play like three games in one weekend. But, it'll be brilliant. Yeah, I think I think the, the interesting with that, and it's it's an official break, isn't it? Because there are FIFA World Cup qualifiers, not in Europe, but there are qualifiers around the world. So I, 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 my, I'm not... Yeah, I, I don't my know understanding... can take place. My understanding, you know, again, speaking to someone today, is that there won't be games in, in that period. There'll be, there'll um, be games on Champions League nights. That, that's been okayed, whereas previously they apparently weren't allowed. So, I mean, whether, you know, I, I think UEFA wouldn't be happy if, if it was, you know, Tottenham Arsenal up against one of their last 16 ties. But I, I think it's more, I think what might happen is that Wolves might go back to back. It might be 10th of Feb and 17th of Feb or something like that. Okay, because I can't imagine Sky would want our game against Spurs on a weeknight up against the Champions League game. Well, even it dep- depends if it's an English club or not. Right, right. But I don't uh, know. Okay, I mean, Arsenal Spurs on a night where there's no English players on Sky who don't have the Champions League, they, they might quite like it in a way. It might yeah, take maybe. some of that audience maybe. Uh, maybe. with them. So, um, I have yeah, one that's other interesting. Point. There, are, there are 19 games, just to back up what Ricky was saying, yeah. 19 games yeah. that need to be rearranged. Of course, uh, you know... W- w- we we are no different to to other clubs. One of those games we should say actually that's got to be rearranged is actually Arsenal Liverpool for um, well, the Carabao Cup final date because one of us would of course be in it. Oh, I was going to mention that. Uh, let, let's talk about this. Let's have a quick. Break well, there's Arsenal want... Chelsea as well, isn't it? Because of the World Club Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the uh, the Liverpool situation um, after this break. And we're back um, from the break. The Liverpool situation is really interesting because I heard someone on the radio today saying that the Arsenal this the Arsenal depleted squad situation may not be all tidied up in time for the Thursday second leg against <laughs> Liverpool. And how weird and ironic and spectacularly odd would it be if having our Arsenal fans, not me and not Ricky and probably none of us, but, well, you know, a lot of Arsenal fans on social media were absolutely taking the piss out of Liverpool for the, for the postponement of our first leg for the famous false positives. And how weird would it be if we then have to ask for it to be postponed second, because we're still not over this depleted squad situation. I mean, it could happen. There's no, it's no, there's no certainty that that game against the is going to happen. Are we about to lose another player in Padre Mari? Looks like he's on his way yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And how furious! Liverpool, <laughs> Klopp, Klopp was already a bit angry. He kind of like, did you watch the, his post-match interview? He was like, he was like being led into by by the interview into slagging off Arsenal. He kind of like just about avoided it, and yet at the same time was trying to make because he because he by the way right the Liverpool situation where everyone was taking the piss. Arsenal fans were taking the piss out of Liverpool for calling that game off. He he was the one who made it a huge thing by saying, talking about these false positives. He didn't need to say that at all, as far as I'm aware. I don't think anyone knew about the false positive situations until he decided to, to, to say it in the press conference. It was quite amazing. Before that point, Arsenal fans were just taking the piss out of Liverpool, saying you should just play your under-23s in the Carabao Cup. Why do you suddenly care about it? Why are you so scared of us? And then we ended up in, the, in that situation, Josh. It, it was bizarre. I mean, I, I'm, with, I'm with Ricky. I did not... You know, I was like not angry about Liverpool calling off that game, particularly. I was like, you know, 
We just have to, oh, Dan showing holding. Oh, Dan! Well, but th- this this is no good program. for the podcast, obviously. But this is on this is on my on my camera. This is the program from the Liverpool game from last week. Just look at the length of the Liverpool score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listeners, basically, they've got about what 10, 11, 12 more players. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's the two more squads there. Yeah. Uh, more than us. Yeah, but about ten more. Yeah. Yeah. That is but interesting. Anyway. That, is that because they were the home side and just will read off more names, or is that and it's their program or? I can't don't remember know. last time I saw the back of an Arsenal programme. Do we have more names than the other team? Don't know. Don't know. But it's, it is a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I, I'm sure, sure, Surely this week's going to go ahead, isn't it? I mean, if, if the Arsenal situation doesn't change, then why would Arsenal not seek to delay that game? But we've got another COVID case, don't we? Didn't it come we've out? One more. Yeah, right. Yeah, we've got one more un, as yet unnamed COVID case, as far as I'm aware. We're possibly getting Pablo Mari out. I mean, we could be even more depleted, really. Uh, Xhaka's still suspended. Does Xhaka's suspension count in that? I think it does, yeah. In yes, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's to say? It's a distinct possibility. These COVID cases, that, and you know, it would be absolutely hilarious, I think. You know, if we did, well, you, you have to assume if Arsenal feel of the same mindset as they did against Tottenham that they are within their rights to, you know, ask for a postponement that that they that they will. It doesn't feel like the noise has been of that persuasion, which makes you I, think these few surprised. players that have You're got right. knocks and whatnot will I be okay. I was surprised by how quickly the Arsenal situation turned though, because I remember watching the, um, watching Arteta after the game, the nil nil, which we should say the heroic nil nil, which we should talk about that a little bit at least. But and I remember him going, him saying, you know, Oh, you know, we've got a few knocks. We'll see what's happening. I didn't feel there was any great. Oh, we're going to have to call this game off. That, that, that built ahead of seen very, very quickly. And it was quite shock, a shock for me, how quickly it turned into over oh, requesting the game to be called off. I think that's it did seem that way, didn't it? Yeah. But I, I guess the fact that I mean, Ced- Cedric limped off, yeah, Saka Saka had a slight injury, and obviously the Smith Rowe and Tommy Asu as well. I, I think it was, and 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 the Xhaka red. So it was like three players that started that game. One of them was definitely going to miss the weekend, and the other two potentially were as well. I mean, I, d- I don't know exactly about Cedric and, and Saka whether they're fit again for this week, but there's a possibility. I mean, you know, you're talking about people sort of laughing at the situation. If it was called off on Thursday again. That would be mildly amusing, I think. <laughs> you know, there you go. We'll see what happens. Boy, it's going to really ruin the prediction element of this podcast. Oh, I know. <laughs> even, even Burnley at the weekend looks in doubt because their game was called off. Yeah, Burnley, another one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah so right. I was going to mention. I was going to go on to that because right. Burnley, Burnley have applied to get, as you said, their next game called. Burnley have got an amazing backlog of games. I, I, what's going to happen if towards the end of the season? Because who's to say there's not going to be any? We're not still going to have you know COVID cases then. You know, it might not all anything could happen. So they can't. They can't carry the season on endlessly. I mean, they're going to have oh. to. I lost to Nottingham Forest and the cup doesn't look so soon now because we've got these, uh, you know, we can yeah. recuperate these teams that have gone actually Burnley around yeah. the as well. Yeah. These teams that are going to have to play every weekend, that, you know. Yeah. Do we think, it is interesting, I do want to ask, just just to get out, get us all on the record as Arsenal fans, followers of Arsenal, whether we think there's any validity to the idea that the media and, you know, there's some kind of vendetta against us because, you know, first of all, I want to mention that Michael Richards, your mate, Josh, was brilliant on Sky and defended Arsenal to the hill and said, you know, it's not Arsenal's fault, it's the fault of the rules. Fault of the rules. And people like Gary never went, it's not about Arsenal. And then went on to kind of make a long point where it possibly might have seemed like it was about Arsenal. And Ian Wright addressed him, didn't they? 
there was a little Ian Wright was like, why now do you want to change the rules? Is it because there's your Sky game that's been called off? And lo- and almost every Arsenal fan I follow on Twitter, and and, and we've already said that that isn't necessarily a fair, a fair reflection of real life, seem to think that this that the attack on Arsenal for wanting to get this game postponed was part of a larger vendetta. So I just want to ask whether there is any truth to that. Like what people are saying, why didn't everyone go on about Liverpool getting our game postponed, which seems to be many Arsenal fans that are going on about that, Ricky, for example. Um, I I think, um, I know, I, I find this one a bit of a, I find it a little bit difficult. I think, I said, like, for example, the Man City game and the the, I know Twitter is only, you know, a small, a really small, um, you know, a small collection of Arsenal fans in the grand scheme of things. But uh, the outrage after that game, as, as if the ref had basically scored the hat trick for them, I found it all a bit of a nonsense. I actually think, and I think it was said on Match Today, even by Ian Wright, that the ref actually got every decision right. I, I agree. But, you know, maybe Odegaard should have had a penalty anyway. Um, and I find it just the same. And obviously, I'm sure I follow more Arsenal fans than other teams for obvious reasons. But, no, I don't think there's any uh, conspiracy against us when it comes to referee decisions, of course. I don't think there's a vendetta against Arsenal or any nonsense like that, in my opinion. Um, maybe I agree with what your point was earlier, um, that it was a North London derby, uh, which is ordinarily a big game, but the team's obviously close in the title. Um, you know, Maybe because we kicked a bit of a fuss when Liverpool um, postponed our game against them or the game was postponed against Liverpool. But no, I think... There were many factors. Maybe, yeah, obviously, Arsenal are a bigger club than Burnley and Watford, and as our Spurs, mm. just about. So, which means that the game, which means that the game does have a bit more importance to to even the casual fan. That's why maybe there was a bit more of a fuss. But no, there's no. I don't believe there's any vendetta. Of course, you know there are certain people on Twitter, certain people in the media that, that support Spurs or just don't like Arsenal. For you know, Gary Neville would probably dislike Arsenal more than he would dislike Burnley or Watford or a number of other teams for obvious reasons. Yeah. But no, I don't think there's a big hoo-ha just because it was Arsenal. It's a big game and it, it, it gets people talking. Mm. Yeah, Dan, it's true. I feel I feel like every big club thinks that there's a there's a vendetta against them. You know, I, mean? I think all fans feel like I was looking at. I, I I'm fascinated by Man City. Uh, one of the journalists, I think for the Independent, whose name I've forgotten, wrote a thing about Man City's ruining football because you know they are owned by a a state and you know a fascist state pretty much and you know they have unlimited wealth and you know they've already won the league effectively probably Miguel Delaney wasn't it? Miguel Delaney thank you thank you very much yeah I thought it was a really good I thought it was a really good article but he got low dogs abuse and found people saying that he's got a vendetta against people have got a vendetta against City um uh, Liverpool fans definitely think they've got people out of Venetia against them, blah, blah, blah. It's just the way football fans are, isn't it, Dan? And I think, yeah, of course it is. And if, and, and if you are in, you know, a bubble of Arsenal fans or a bubble of Man City fans, and that's what you search for on Twitter and that's what you follow, that's what you're looking for, you can find the argument to suit what you want. But there is no vendetta. It's just not there. I agree exactly with what Ricky was saying before. And it's not going to change. It's still going to happen, you know, season upon season, incident after incident. There'll there'll always be a a body of of fans, of people who believe that their club is being hard done by because here is example A, B and C. But I I don't don't, uh, buy into that at all. Yeah. And Josh, I I think one of the reasons why, I mean, I I was thinking about Gary Neville. People, People... 
in that Brentford game that we asked to be called off on the day, apparently, you know, we ended up with Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher, Jamie Carragher practically in the crowd, like singing with them. They were so excited. And people have, people with Arsenal fans, you know, I mean, I can see why, but they were just caught up in the, in, in the excitement of, of a new team coming up to the Premier League, beating a massive team like us, weren't they? And, you know, that was part of that situation. People, it's, and I think, yeah. You, you could argue in their defence, Opening day of the season, first game of the Premier League season, new yeah. rules, which not yeah. everyone's totally clear on. Maybe there was more of a feeling, well, the show's got to go on. This is going to happen. It's all going to equal yeah, out. Absolutely. But, you know, what a chance for the new guys to take on a slightly depleted Arsenal team. But it's not even to win out. On the night. And that's the problem. It's never going to even out because they've come this game off and that go off and whatever. Yeah. But Correct. That's, that's what people uh, but say. On the first day you know? of the season, <laughs> I think I can forgive them for getting caught up in it. But um, look, uh, yeah, I, I certainly think this was made a bigger deal out of it. But you articulated, I think, Boyd, why it, why it was bigger game, Sky, all all those reasons, and I think maybe also fans have just got to the point looking around at each other now, as we all are going. Well, we are all getting on with our lives as best as possible, and you know, stories of, you know, testing being withdrawn and society having to do their best. And if you want to go on holiday, you pay for a test. And I don't know. So I think there's a backdrop of fans seeing we're getting on with it. It would be now a real pleasure if the fans could, because we all enjoy going to the football. Well, I think your point's quite a funny one because Carragher and Neville, like you said, were, you know, in, yeah, I don't want to say enjoying Arsenal's loss to Brentford, but obviously as an Arsenal fan, we see Carragher and Neville and it's, you know, whatever. But then they did the same thing just about three weeks ago when they beat Watford in the last minute. I think Carragher had a Brentford fan on his shoulders, but no yeah. Arsenal fan cares about that, even though right. it was our first day of the Thank season you. because yeah. it was against Watford and Watford fans 100%. were probably kicking up a fuss as well. Yeah, and people were talking about how Gary Neville himself said when he was when he t- was talking about the Ars- the Arsenal game being called off. He's like, I wish I'd made this point a few weeks ago, but it's time to stop this whole thing and make every fixture just play every single fixture. And someone pointed out, I think it might have been Arsenal or Gunnerblog pointed out that he actually had said made this point a few weeks ago, ages ago, and he'd said, you know, he forgot himself. And one thing I know this we could, we I'd I, love to talk about football a little bit, talk about our triumphant. Um, uh, draw, I was going to say victory, I'll try and draw against Liverpool. But one thing about the Liverpool thing, because I was uh, was talking to a journalist today about this, asking why, because I do think there was some, I thought it was slightly odd how um, people hadn't come down harder on Liverpool for getting our game, uh, the League Cup, the first leg called off, and then the subsequent um, Klopp admission about the false pavosus which apparently the odds of which are like billions to one or whatever and and this my friend was saying well the reason for that may well be that if you start basically you have to basically accuse liverpool of out and out cheating that's the difference like we have we have been completely honest with why the reasons why we couldn't feel we, our, our, our squad was depleted whereas liverpool said they had these tests <laughs> well if you're going to say oh you're completely you're lying about that that is a very that's you know a journalist can't just come out and say that you can't just accuse someone of lying and cheating which is what basically is the kind of undercurrent of the whole idea that liverpool you know were desperate to not play us in that first leg and somehow got these false positives so i just wanted to make that clear because i think that is an interesting point that you've got to be careful with what you say whereas we we're out we, we made our statement saying we, we got that we wanted the king postponed because we have got players at the afcon because we've got players suspended and injured it was like it's all out there we and and, and, and then everyone was furious because we got it called off should we talk about how how important it was, Dan, in that game, that that leg against Liverpool, just the kind of 
determination and all-round application and strength and purpose of the team that that night. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it just it was a great thing to see. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful. Um, and in games gone by in situations like that, certainly at Anfield, when you get a player sent off in the first half, you fear the worst and you sort of expect the worst, don't you? You, you think... Well, certainly recently, you know, the, the, the current generation, you think, well, this is going to go wrong and the, the, the tie is going to be one leg one. But I think an awful lot of credit has got to go to Mikel Arteta. Change the shape, back three, back five, really. And the way that they performed from there on in was terrific. And, and tactically, they were brilliant. And in the second half, um, the collective spirit, uh, shown by all of the players, and, and you can pick out performances from everyone who, who who stayed on the pitch and say he was brilliant, he was brilliant. You know, for lots of different reasons. You know, tactically the back five great. I thought Lacazette put such a great shift in in the second half. The attitude in the second half I thought was great. I thought in the first half after the sending off, um, th- there was just this, there were were concerns, even though the shape was better. But second half were brilliant. I actually thought if it had stayed 11 versus 11, I think Arsenal would have won that game. Because even though Liverpool had chances uh, prior to the sending off, there was just one or two little little opportunities for Arsenal. You thought, hang on, this this just felt different. Um, and yeah, I, I thought everything went Arsenal's way in terms of the way they applied themselves. Tactically, they were brilliant. Uh, after the sending off, this is obviously the sending off. Uh, didn't go Arsenal's way, but he was a red card. Let's face it, you, you can't say it wasn't. Um, and it, I just hope now, obviously, on Thursday, if the game does go ahead, that Arsenal don't waste what they did mm. up at Anfield. Yeah, it's interesting. Which I don't, because... don't think they, which I don't think they will. By the way, I don't think mm. they will. I think Arsenal will. It's interesting, isn't it, Ricky? Because what Dan says, it was definitely, you can't say it wasn't a penalty. Someone in my WhatsApp group said it wasn't a penalty. I'm not going to name names. But, red um, card. In red card, right? Red card, sorry, yes. Not penalty, red card. Um, it's a red card. It's a red card, isn't it? Well, card. I felt that not only was his foot really high and in a dangerous position, I felt he also clearly knew the player was there and it was denying a goal-scoring opportunity, wasn't yeah. it? It was like a kind of myriad. It was like it was almost like a cornucopia of reasons to be sent off. Josh? It was 100% sending off. But I thought the analysis that they did do, Carragher, Merson, on the show, did demonstrate some mitigating circumstance of Gabriel wandering around unnecessarily very high up the pitch to give Xhaka a real problem that he's the one that's left. And if Xhaka just doesn't go, doesn't look anywhere near as bad, but he goes and makes the effort. And then is there any chance that he, something out the corner of his eye, saw Ramsdale coming, then Ramsdale stops, doesn't go. Whereas if he had just come and fully committed, he probably gets or at least makes it very difficult. So I don't have this down as one of his worst uh, offences, but it it was certainly... Yeah, it was certainly not great, but it was... He must feel a little bit like other people didn't help him out there. I think the fact that that you have to say one of his worst offences is... uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you're probably right, Josh. That wasn't one of his worst fences. No. It was still, it was still awful defending. I mean, in a, I, I agree. You know, Gabriel hasn't helped him out and whatnot, but he didn't need to make the challenge. And yeah, I, I can see an argument. I actually, I do, whilst I think it probably was red card, I can see an argument. I think the previous night, Rudiger brought yes. down. Yes. Um, I think it was uh, Hoiberg. 
And the ref originally gave a penalty and then he changed his mind and he wasn't even booked. So I can, you know, you can make an argument for it. And it was one of his more harsh red cards. But yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, well, there was a high foot yesterday in the middle of um, the West Ham Leeds game. I think that wasn't, um, wasn't penalised at all as well. I mean, just... I, I but on, The one that wasn't given was yeah. Johnny Evans on... Bamiang was it or Pepe at Leicester this season? Oh yeah, yeah very very yeah. similar. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, yeah, it's definitely. I, I think again, you know, I, I, people are saying if it hadn't, you know, if this had been Jacker, you know, if it hadn't been yeah. Jacker with Evans sent off, and it wasn't. I, I take it on point, but I agree with. But Ricky, you make you said the the phrase is he didn't need to make that challenge, did he? Like that, he just did not need to do it. And I don't think, I don't think, and I think that's what sums up him. I know we've banged on about it so many times, but it's just it's just what he does and it's that decision making at that those moments and yeah i'd get that gabriel was a bit to blame i think i think um i think the goalkeeper was was had a bit of a weird game generally and ramsdale I, yeah i don't think ramsdale was ever going to get there i think it was like yeah. Jota still has if if he brings it down on his chest and jacker's stays on his feet ben white is probably in you know there or thereabouts and right. it's beat ramsdale right and even, even if he scores even if he scores it's 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 worst in theory i mean he didn't yeah. end up like this but yeah. it's just let the you know uh, conceding a goal in the two leg game and i'm not and this is the thing i don't think any of this is going through jacker's mind for so fuck knows what is going through his mind all is going through his mind is i'm gonna do something like now now in my own special way and you know and you have to say the consequences. I think it's, I'm, I'm, if, if he doesn't if he doesn't make the challenge, does the Spurs game go ahead? <laughs> well, I was thinking, Dan, when yeah. you said about Lacazette, Lacazette, Lacazette putting in a shift, Lacazette's probably coming to the change room straight after. Been oh, any chance we can get Sunday called off? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was absolutely knackered, wasn't he? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he put in they all put in a massive shift. But I think you. But funny enough, you say that. I, I do actually think that Xhaka probably the Xhaka in and out, in or out is probably the thing that tipped it over. Well, who are we playing in midfield? One one of my friends put a midfield in our WhatsApp group that was uh, Ben White and Callum Chambers, I think. Or sorry, Callum Chambers ben, in the Congo. So I mean, yeah. Well, Ben White. It would have been Ben White. I would have had Ben White personally. He did yeah. Callum Chambers, and that was that was. Well, I thought when he, when I saw Callum Chambers potentially starting in midfield for Arsenal, I, I probably would have called the game off. <laughs> I know, I know. Which, but Ben White, Josh. Ben White was brilliant, though, wasn't he? And like, I think, I, I think you know, whole defence, terrific. Yeah, the, 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 the organisation um, and the discipline they show to limit. Okay, it's not Liverpool's. Mo Salah and Mane, but still, uh, even when you saw the lineups, you you slightly feared how, how the evening might go. To be that disciplined and organised, heavily restrict Liverpool, uh, you know, to, to a few opportunities. And, and obviously they had the outstanding chance when Minamino hit over, which Ben White, you know, seemed to re- react in a particularly <laughs> classic Sunday league kind of style and way of thought, laughing right, at the yeah, person so. who had done yeah. an easy an easy miss. But yeah, credit to all of them. Um, really, I, I, you 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 nearly called it a victory when you were introducing that we were talking about this game. Nick, it massively felt like that, didn't it? Yeah. Um, because I think maybe okay, it was not a Premier League game, but we were so used to going to Man City, Anfield. Um, you know, you know, okay, had some success at Chelsea in a draw in, in recent years, but we we used to not really standing up and uh, and mm. giving a brilliant account of ourselves and and we did it and look in in three days time we might have a league cup final to look forward to and let's not forget we haven't won a league cup since 93 and that's really exciting so um 
hopefully we'll be planning a, a trip yeah. to Wembley. And Are I you confident, think... Boyd, of this? Uh, what no. do you think? No, I'm no. not confident at all. No, 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 no. Um, I, 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 I was gone. Sorry, Boyd, I was just going to say, I do think we have to, I don't want to sound too negative, but I think in our last three games, we uh, lost to Man City and everyone thought it was a brilliant effort and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And I completely yeah. agree. We, we, we play really well against Man City and obviously we're unlucky in certain points. Um, and then we lost to Nottingham Forest in a disaster result. And then against Liverpool, like fantastic performance, but... Ultimately, if we if we even lose one nil through a last minute penalty on Thursday, it doesn't matter unless it, it, as in isolation, great performance, and the, you know the ten players that stayed on the pitch were fantastic, like, all of them. But I think we are we are Arsenal at the end of the day. We're not, you know, we shouldn't be necessarily going to Liverpool, getting a nil nil in a in a two legged affair, and patting ourselves on the back regardless of what happens on Thursday. It, 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 it reminds me a little bit, you know, when we beat Barcelona at home when um, Arshavin scored and then it's like, oh, wow, people still think it was the best game at the, at the Emirates, which, you know, may well be, but we went out and that was the second round of the Champions League. So I do think we have to keep things in perspective. It's a two-legged affair against Liverpool. We didn't play, you know, we're not, mm. we're not Nottingham Forest. Very good point, Ricky. Very good point, Ricky. All, all I'd say is I, I genuinely think it is bizarre and it's probably very Arsenal, but that Man City performance was one of the best performances for years and we happen to have lost it, the game. I, I mean, I just think it's... And, and you're right. And then we followed that with a brilliant, I think, tactical performance by Arteta and the team. And, yeah. and again, we didn't win the game, and we, but we came away from it nil-nil. But, but you're right. It's a very good point. But that's why I think, from what you're saying, is why I'm not as confident as Dan that we are going to beat Liverpool in the second leg if it's not called off. Um, I slightly worry about it. And I saw Klopp after the game was also very much saying, you know, we're not going to be that shit. There's no way we're going to be anywhere near that shit again on Thursday, um, Arsenal. So I slightly worry about that. Um, but I'm going to reserve my prediction until I've asked Dan. So, Dan, you said you think we're going to win the tie, don't haven't you? You've already yeah, I, I, I think the Liverpool, Mane and Salah yeah. are so key. I mean, you saw it. Liverpool had a lot of the ball in the final third against Arsenal in that nil-nil draw. And although Minamino's, you know, quite a nice player, quite a clever player, he, he's not in, in the class of those other two. And, and, and even Jota, I think Jota needs the other two as well. I mean, those two players... Salah in particular. Salah is the best player in the world, I yeah. think, at the moment. I, yeah. I mean, Lewandowski, I, I think he scored another hat-trick at the weekend, Lewandowski for Bayern. But in, just in terms of, of watching a player play football, he is unbelievable. Yeah. And Liverpool rely on him so much. And, and Mane's not too far behind. And without those two, I like Jota, Firmino and, and Minamino. I presume it's going to be those three again up front. And it, and it is strong outside of that, but if, if I mean, it depends on the Arsenal side. If if Smith Rowe is fit, if Saka is 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 fit, if Tomoyasu comes back and Arsenal can play the first choice back four, I think Arsenal will win the game. I think Arsenal will win the game. Um, and if you want a, a, a score, let's let's go for a two 0 Arsenal win. Okay. And the other thing about Mo Salah is, if you squint a bit and you look at you look at Josh. <laughs> he looks a bit like Mo Salah right now. Um, it could be Mo Salah there on the podcast a little bit. Yeah, which is a sure um, sign that I need a uh, a trim of my beard. I had a very unusual moment today where, um, oddly enough, was doing some work with Neville Southall <laughs> reacting to the uh, Everton uh, situation, Rafa 
Benitez. Um, and yeah, being told I look like Mo Salah by Neville South, well, that was uh, oh, the undisputed highlight official. of my day until this podcast. Josh, it's official now. You look like Mo Salah. I mean, you are a Mo Salah lookalike. This is an offshoot um, little little thing you can get, you can get going because Mo Salah's, you know, as as Dan says, he's the best player in the world right now. So this is well, he was front page of GQ. So I'll take yes. it as a huge compliment from you, yes. boys. So thank you Massive. for that. He's a, and also a very handsome man, a very handsome Egyptian. Man. Wow. Wow, yeah. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. I'm I'm ex- I'm with Dan. I think we we, we win one nil, and we get through. And we're, we're super excited for for a trip to Wembley in in what five five or so weeks time. Um, it is included in your club level season ticket, isn't it, Boyd? This one. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Every every game's included in the club level season ticket. Yeah, thank, thankfully, yeah. It's yeah, one of the good. I mean, well, we've all had to buy tickets, haven't we? The rest of yeah. us because it was uh, a yeah. credit to the club as ever for the ten pound lower tier, twenty pound upper tier um, that that they do. I mean, completely completely sold out. And I've had friends asking for you know tickets, and no one's got really. It's uh, I think it's going to oh, really? be a, a fantastic atmosphere. It will um, be a brilliant atmosphere. Be brilliant. I think yeah. the atmosphere at Arsenal this season has been excellent, by the way. Oh, completely. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. And I think the, I think the, um, what we were talking about, the whole bringing the whole, you know, Arsenal, everyone hates this thing, is going to only add to that. Oh, I mean, the atmosphere wherever you fucking play this Spurs game is going to be astonishing, isn't it? I mean, that will be a, all right. That was, the, I mean, I, I, I was really looking forward to the trip. I mean, to be in that first set of Arsenal away fans at the new stadium was really looking forward to it. And Ricky, you were also yep. due to go. Is that right? Yeah, we were going to go. Yeah, so um, yeah, looking forward to whenever that is rearranged, rearranged for, uh, you know, the later it gets in the season, in some ways, the bigger the bigger it feels, right? Because of the the way it's it's going. Good news, obviously, with West Ham dropping three points. You know, yesterday with that defeat, Man United dropping points to Villa. So we got the game called off, and the those immediately around us lost points. So decent yeah, weekend, amazing performance by Leeds. Yeah, we should say that. Um, uh. Uh, just, I mean, a Bamiyang situation, obviously. Just, I oh, don't yeah. know if you've been keeping up to date on yeah. that point. I was just going to ask Ricky what his prediction was. We haven't done Ricky's prediction. Oh, sorry. I'll say uh, nil nil when we win on penalties. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like last year. Yeah. That's, that's going to be exciting. I'm going to say, I was going to say one nil as well to us. I, I'm, yeah, I'm with, I mean, I'm not confident, but I do think we'll. we'll I think we want it more than them. I think that's, I think that's, I think in a lot of games recently, it's a cliche, but the, the t- one team wanting it just that slightly more than the other. It makes a big difference, I think. That was um, very least, Sunday league manager there, Boyd. We want it more than that. It was it's very Sunday league manager. I mean, I, I, you know, I aspire to Sunday league <laughs> managership. What can I say? And we, 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 we still have another game to predict, Josh. Before we mention the Obama, the Obama situation is that he's had these um, heart things um, uh, uh, mentioned that he's not played in the Af- in the Afcon, etc. But apparently, the Arsenal medics aren't unduly concerned by the whole situation. Is what I also read. So. In which case, I'm not going to be unduly concerned. Have you heard anything else about that, Josh? Well, no. I mean, Aubameyang put out the the tweet, didn't he, um, mm. a couple of hours ago, um, which, when translated on, on Google, said something along the lines of, we have problems that are already complicated to solve. Then on top of that, there are rumours. In short, we have health to take care of first and foremost. I won't go back on the false rumours, and I sincerely hope our team will go as far as possible. I think that there were rumours on social media, weren't they, that there were ulterior reasons for him and Lamina uh, not being involved that uh, maybe were related more to uh, ill-discipline in, in, in the squad and not um, abiding to rules. So um, it's, it's definitely a slightly strange one. 
Um, but yeah, hopefully whatever health issue there is, there is, is not so serious because, well, we could yet hope to, you know, see him have some kind of impact with Arsenal, you know, between now and the end of the season. It would be a shame to think of him. It doesn't feel like he's not moving, right? It's clearly not moving in January. So um, to have him not involved for four months would be would be pretty terrible. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got the Burnley game to predict as well. I mean, another game that, you know, hopefully it won't be called off. Uh, well, Burnley are the kings of the call-off, aren't they? They are, yeah. They've got half a season to play to reschedule yet, so maybe they'll be, you know, they'll be hoping um, to be able to play this one. What do you think is going to happen, Josh? No, I, I think we'll, we will we will have enough um, to to win the game. And um, if I was pushed on a score prediction, I'd say two, two nil. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, look, if if we go all the way, extra time Thursday, and you sort. Of worry what that takes out on the players or if we have a sort of horrible agonizing defeat you worry about how they'll come back but as we sit here now tuna as we sit here now dan what do you think is going to happen uh i i think it's going to be interesting i mean burnley have done so well playing barnes and wood for a long time and a two up front without one yeah. of those players obviously got to new I, th- I think they're gonna their their system is bust potentially i don't know who's going to play uh, for Burnley, not that I'm, I'm too bothered. I, I think I still win, but th- there could be a hangover one way or the other after, after Thursday. I still mm. think Arsenal will have enough, but it might be one of those scrappy one nils. And Rick, I yeah, I think I think I'll go two nil. But I, this might sound crazy, but I think it's a bigger game than the Thursday game. I think getting back into Europe especially with a chance again in the Champions League is just so crucial. We just can't afford to drop points at, at home, well, to a team like Burnley. Um, so, yeah, not that that matters to my score prediction, but yeah, I think we'll win 2-0. But I think that um, I wouldn't put all the eggs in the, not that we necessarily are, but I wouldn't put eggs in the Thursday basket. I massively think we need, just need to pick up yeah. points, continue to pick up points in the league. I agree, yeah. Um, League, Cup, saying, League Cup doesn't even get you into Europa League it gets no. you into the Conference League and we'd have to beat what Chelsea what do you think Boyd? no one wants to be yeah. in the Conference League as we've seen yeah exactly. um, I think I think we'll win 3-1 um, but I agree with Ricky it's, it's, it's more important yeah I think I think that yeah you know West Ham we are we are as in with the shout of being fourth now as any team Man United still shit still losing points losing a 2-0 you know advantage you, uh, Boyd do you think Arsenal will finish fourth? no or better? no no, no, I can't. I, only because I tell you why, Dan. Because I felt like it feels so. It would be an amazing triumph for Arteta. It'd and if, be if, brilliant. It It'd would be, be brilliant, brilliant, and it's going to happen. But you don't think it is? Wow. I mean, if I hope so. If you're right, and if it happens, I will. I will give Arteta the right to be our manager for the next five years. You know, it'll be that'll be an amazing achievement, and I will. That's a bold shout. So you turn from Boyd, who was calling for his head not long ago, to give him a five-year deal. But uh, why not, Boyd? Why not? Exactly. Ricky fourth. Ricky fourth. Uh, I'm actually just looking at the odds. I know that's normally Josh's job, but we are with outside of City, Liverpool, and uh, Man United. We, uh, sorry, outside of City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, we're the next favourite. I actually, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go as far as say we, we should finish fourth. But look at our competition. There's, every, there's no reason why Spurs. West Ham definitely, and Man United in their current state, and I can't see them really improving that much. We, there's no reason why we shouldn't finish above them. We spend yeah. a load of money. We've got the makings of a really good team, and I really think, yeah, why not? Why not? 
I just and I know I, it sounds silly to put a game against Burnley in the league ahead of uh, being into a cup final, but I think that's where we are as a club right now. No, I agree with you, and I, I also think. I keep thinking at some point Man U and Spurs will come good. I keep thinking, you know, they're just, they've just got, you know, particularly Spurs. I mean, I think Spurs is the biggest threat and that's why this fucking game is such a huge thing because they have got a really good manager. Luckily, he seems so pissed off by, by having ended up as their manager. It's just <laughs> hilarious. Like every time you see him, he's like infuriated with himself for agreeing to become their manager because they've got so many shit players. But I still think somehow he's going to, you know, I mean, he's kind of doing pretty well with them already, isn't he? And if the, anyway, it's it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, ish. Dan saying ish. Um, Josh, have you predicted the uh, Burnley game? Oh, you have. We've done that. We've done yeah, predict- two nil. Two I mean, nil. We're now predicting whether we'll come fourth or not. Josh, do you think we'll come fourth? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm more confident. I, I was thinking fifth, but I tell you, the more Man United and, and West Ham sort of slip a little bit, you start to get a little bit more confident. So. It's fourth or fifth. I don't know. I'm still slightly not going to get carried away. I think fifth probably um, right now. But within a week or two, it, we could we could sort of feel quite quite different on that. So, but uh, one thing one thing with one thing with that League Cup. When Jose Mourinho first came to Chelsea, he won that competition. It gave that squad such a yeah. big boost. And I know Mikel Arteta won the FA Cup just a few yeah. years ago, but it does feel does feel different, doesn't it, now? And Pep Guardiola used to target the League Cup as well, still does, doesn't he? he went about eight times on the spin, whatever it was. It just might be get that done, and then from then on in, march onwards, league games only. Yeah, but Man, Man, City, Man City also put two centre-backs on the bench that are worth 50 million each, so... Well, I, I know, but it's, it, it just, you know, and the, and the fixtures that are, you know, played all the big hitters away. It's, it's such a good opportunity. Yeah. I think, I think the windows, but we haven't, no, none of the, no one's really signed anyone yet other than PT. Yeah. If, if we yeah, can, we, if we can make a big signing or, well, if, apparently if, one other, or if one of the other teams competes against us, then it could be, could spell trouble. Apparently the Vlavic thing is still, you know, is still actually possibly wow. possible, actually really possible. Which would be a huge signing, wouldn't Two it? Two weeks left, roughly. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll did, um, did Nicola Pepe score a nice goal? He did score a great goal. Yeah, lovely, lovely goal. goal. Yeah. I, uh, very good goal. Great technique. <laughs> Brilliant technique. It'll be um, like a new signing. Yeah, I mean, it could be. He will be when he comes back uh, with AFCON glory, potentially. So I was very pleased with him because I feel a bit sorry for him. Not you know. Well, he, he really was the one getting no opportunity. Yeah. He was on the bench, not coming on for games and games in a row. So, look, he, you know, he's getting games and, you know, there's a player in there somewhere. So if he does have a good run of three, four games, it can only be good news for us. Yeah, completely. I mean, we could talk all night with, about... Uh... Arsenal and um, who we're going to sign and uh, getting the game called off, but we have to draw it to a close. We've got lives to lead. We've all got point, points to make on Twitter, <laughs> except Dan, who quite rightly steers clear. Thanks, Dan, and thanks, Ricky, for joining us. Pleasure. Brilliant. Thanks, Josh, uh, as ever. Thanks, and we'll point. be back hopefully next week, having watched two actual games, hopefully. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 